Welcome to the Smart City Podcast, the technology program that looks at how buildings, communities, and cities are becoming smarter, more efficient, and more connected. We look at everything from the big ideas to drilling down to individual projects and innovative ideas that impact your day-to-day life. The Smart City Podcast is brought to you by Locomobile World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless, and secure solutions. This is episode 61, recorded on September 27th, 2023. David Lee works for Iveda, a Phoenix-based company that, and this is a really big oversimplification, deals with sensor-based monitoring and surveillance connected to a backend with tons of AI-powered analytics that will make sure everything is under control and remains under control in a house, a building, a hospital, an institution, or a community. This is pretty cool stuff. But first, here's Grant with this tech news. Okay, Grant, what do you have for us today? Uh, I have a mix of, of all kinds of stuff, but the, the first one I have a mix of is, um, I don't know if you have one, so I should probably ask you, you don't have a tattoo, do you? No, no, I am completely clear. Okay, so I have one, and uh, so does Joyce, uh, my wife. Um, but I can get you a tattoo if it's because you're scared about all the pain and all that. I can get a tattoo. You can go and book a tattoo in Austin, Texas. Get it done by a robot, and it's only (laughs) $10,000. And and it's the first robot. It actually, when you go there, first of all, it scans and pins you lightly that you don't even feel it, the texture of your skin, how deep it should go, and what kind of things are best for you and your skin. And then when it does the the, um, tattoo, you don't feel it. Interesting. You can fall asleep and wake up. Interesting, because one of the attractions I have been told about getting a tattoo is the pain that it causes. And once you get addicted to that pain, you get more and more tattoos. No, thank you. No, not my thing. The other thing, too, is that you really have to trust your tattoo artist because you go go online and you see all these tattoo mistakes, right? Yeah. Bad images, spelling mistakes, all that sort of stuff. So, um, but a robot... Would Only do, ten thousand dollars. Well, you know, <laughs> the price it, you pay it, for the price you pay for perfection. Yeah, you know it's funny you say that they're booked, and um, I think there'll be a lot of people with money and some without money who will do this, particularly women. There are a lot of tech bros in in Austin that have that kind of cash. Yeah, and remember, a woman. Um, I know a lot of women who would get tattoos, but they don't want to even think about the pain. Where guys go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and by the way, I mean, women of all um, pay scales. And I think you're going to get a lot of women and some guys that are going to go there and, and do it now. Because a lot of people always bring up the pain and the mistakes. But the robot probably will not make that, will not make mistakes. It, they could, but I doubt it. Um, but when you take away the whole the pain signature side, it brings a whole new class of people in. So it's just that, once again, we talk about interesting thing that robots are going to be doing. Um, I didn't think tattooing would be one I'd be talking about. That's all. You know what? It, this just reminds me of the movie Starship Troopers, because there is a oh, scene in that movie, 1997, I think, where three of the, the cadets get a tattoo together, and it's with a robot. There you go. I, I know. I know. I know. And, but hold on. I mean, given all the things we're going through today, uh, 
whether it be my viewpoint, a world war happening, um, inflation, uh, hunger, technology, uh, everything's exploding at once. And quite frankly, I don't know what, where to turn anymore. I mean, and, and, and I guess that leads right into my next news. Okay. Um, because when you think of all that, do you really want to live forever? Uh, this is a question that is as old as humanity itself. Okay. So as you know, probably know, I mean, the most famous computer guy, he's, I don't know, 75 years old, Kurzweil. He um, yeah. is the guy who basically invented pretty well all the technology or visioned it all. He has made tens of thousands of predictions that are correct. Um, and he, predict, he, he predicts by the year 2030. That's right, Alan, in seven years. Immortality will be achieved. He is talking about the singularity, this idea of being able to download your consciousness to a hard drive or something. You will live forever. Yeah. yeah at least your consciousness will. And then you yeah, can just. And, and by uh, the way, and I'm not trying to plug anyone, but there's a great two part YouTube um, series by uh, Adagio, um, which is a, a, a tuber, all right, a, a blogger, V blogger. And it's a great thing on him on Kurzweil. It's it's worth mm -hmm. going to look on YouTube, and um, uh, you know, you know, he's done all the prophecies, right, including the achievements by IBM computer would beat Kasparov, and it goes on and on and on. He's won all kinds of medals for technology for getting things right. And yeah, he's a but good, I guess my answer is forget about how they all do it. It's about yeah, a whole bunch of things. But I'm not sure I want to do that. And of course, he goes further to talk about all those type of things. Um, that will know everything to do to our body as well that will prevent anything. And it's only seven years away. It is uh, amazing how quickly things are moving in the realm of well, medical science. You know what's funny? Um, I don't know. I said to someone, so I heard the comments. And I don't think they mean it, though. Well, who wants to live forever? You know, it's, there's a reason why. I don't know about that. I'm not sure anyone wants to die unless you're like in real pain. I said, you know, if I had a billion dollars and my goal was to help people forever, that's worth living for. If it's to make more money, more money, more money, it's probably not. You just struck upon it. People worry about outliving their money. Yes. Because what do you do when the money runs out? If you have a huge nest egg that will allow you to live for decades beyond your natural life, that's one thing. If you don't, then you become a burden to society and yourself, and that's a bad thing. Absolutely, and I think that's where it comes in. Yeah, and you know who's going to pay for that? I mean, the way he says it, but it makes so much sense. Like we see it today, how fast cures are coming. You're going to have nanobots in your body that move around, repair things. It doesn't matter what mm -hmm. age you are. I mean, and I let's say for a minute, I believe it. Maybe not 2030, but let's say for a minute, I believe it. It doesn't, there's all, like that unloads a whole bunch of new problems. Now, you know, and I know there's millions are going to say, thank you very much. I never wanted to die. Not even thinking of the future, okay? Um, whether we're even going to be living on earth, okay? But it's so like I said, if I was set, very interesting. I mean, he says the singularity is 2045, right? So, you oh, know. okay. But 2030 is when you will be able to have immortality with your, your physical body. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, let's let's talk about that for just a half a second because okay, <laughs> that means a growing number of older and older and older and older people who may not be contributing to the workforce. Yep. Who is going to support them in terms of you know taxes and services well, and everything else? Could you imagine if government had to decide who died and who lived? Oh, well, could you God, imagine okay. that? But Alan. Remember, every time we talk, and we you did it before I, I knew you, 25 years ago, we'd always go, can you imagine this? So we can no longer say, can you imagine it? No, it's going to happen. Okay. Um, so it's a, I don't know how many people are talking about it, but when you talk about immortality, it's a big subject that people, sometimes the, the elephant in the room, right? Um, you don't want to talk again, about it, but- Again, we go back to the tech bros, people like Peter Thiel and, and whoever yeah. else who have all kinds of money who have been trying to come up with sort of life with these life extension ideas. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you know who's going to live forever? The rich. Yeah. And you remember one thing. Um, we have this thing that we all agree is big now, the AI. And AI is supposed to have the ability through technologies to do things quicker, fast. And it's proven it does. There's no doubt. And you know, think of AI today and how incredible it is. And it's growing day by day, not year by year. In seven years, who knows? Who knows? Maybe that's that's very true. Bring us around. Who knows? But so it's, it's very achievable, I think. So it's interesting. It, it, it does seem like there's a once in a lifetime thing coming up every 18 months or so. Yes. Yes. I'm with you all the way. Um, the third one is... Um, just a normal thing that we talk about because we're in smart city and you probably know it, but I think it's good to say our, our good friends at Google, um, which of course is in my space. Um, they have a new project out called Greenlight AI. I don't know if you know it, but they're using Google Maps to drill down to all the traffic lights and cutting wait times and emissions by telling uh, through AI who should stop here, who should go where, and they're actually helping manage the infrastructure of the traffic light timing to optimize um, the traffic flow and reduce emissions. And, and I think um, they say they've cutting stop, they've, they've already cutting stop for millions of drivers. Uh, and please, you know, so it's happening now. Um, Ex- excuse me if I'm a little skeptical upon the, about this because I I've that. heard about synchronized See? traffic lights forever. And I it's, I mean, I know it's, it's so, show me, prove yeah. it. Okay. So they're in 70 intersections, including um, Seattle, Manchester, Abu Dhabi, uh, Abu Dhabi, Hamburg, um, Rio de Janeiro, to name a few, where they have tests done. Um, we're not in the third most congested city in North America, Toronto. I don't know if people know that, that we're number three, which is pretty bad. Um, and um, so, no, it hasn't been implemented everywhere. And, yeah, you should be a little uh, uh, biased because we had this company called Google downtown that was going to do this, this smart kind of stuff, and they pulled out. But um, being in the area of the biggest problem, you know it. How many times have you got, okay, so how many times have you got to the intersection and said, how come these aren't synchronized, these lights? I know. I we know. all say I it. Know. Come on. I mean, so let's say that Google Maps is pretty big. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I want Google controlling more of my life, but the fact is they are. Um, it makes total sense that they could do it, the analytics now, the AI, watching from a broad-based satellite in an area where you got 
tens of hundreds of lights, intersections, and watching them all and the AI figuring out the best way to change those lights. It does make sense, actually. Um, I'm it not does. suggesting it works, but it makes total sense. It does. Let's hope they're right because I so hate I. sitting in traffic. Oh, listen, I hope they're right. And, and if it doesn't, and it may, but it does make sense. Um, and whether cities want to share their internal stuff with Google, that's another issue, of course. Um, as you know, we're going to do an exact system like this in Oakville next month. So uh, we'll have lost to report about how it works. When Iveda started up about 20 years ago, the company's main service was to offer hosting for things like security cameras and so on. Today, Aveda can do much, much more with their sensor and monitoring technology. It's being applied today, and it's already making life much more secure for their customers. We found David Lee, Aveda's chairman and CEO, at the company's head office in Phoenix. All right, David, tell us a little bit about Aveda and what the company does. Aveda has been around for nearly 20 years, started out as one of the uh, uh, first IP video surveillance hosted service company. And when I say back in the day, that was 2003, 2005-ish, you know, T1, DSL, we're still talking that language. But we were one of the first companies that hosted customers' uh, video. Primarily back then was for physical security and safety, uh, the arena. And then we evolved given the big data aspect and the evolution of how we manage video we needed to be more efficient. So we went into software analytics to help decipher uh, what is it in that video is most important. And given data, we, um, you know, in the decade or two, we are now the sensor IoT, smart sensor gateway, IoT, AI, and smart city technologies company. So we move beyond just physical video surveillance for, for safety and security to now managing everything from operational efficiencies of um, traditional uh, assembly lines, um, factory manufacturing, um, to now, you know, we're hospital operations, um, inventory, and of course, you put all that together and smart building plays, that's how we're collectively um, recognized now as the smart city technologies provider after 20 years. So you would have begun as, let me think of a, an example. Oh, my ring doorbell. So you would have been a, a company that stored the video for my ring doorbell. Yes, and other any other IP video uh, stream throughout the world, whether it's hanging from a street light that has a uh, stream that is accessible by a command center or types of ring doorbell products that can stream for, um, you know, off-site redundancy in case the property burns down. You know, that's an extreme. That's how folks would use us is really for redundancy out. So that's a good point there. So you just listed off a big <laughs> set of competencies. Um, can we go into that just a little bit more so we can figure out exactly what the company does? Sure. When you say hospitals, for example, what, what are you doing for hospitals? It's a program called Hospital Asset Protection. Hospitals across America is where we, we did a lot of the research, collected a lot of the data. Um, Alan and Grant, if you can picture this, right? An average 100 to 300 bed hospital. That's actually above average. But when you and I are, are present, 
the hospital staff will say for every bed, there's a lot of equipment that belongs to that bed. Everything from a heart rate monitor to oxygen sensor uh, monitor, everything that is on wheels that could be rolled away and rolled around. Well, what I've learned getting into this work is I didn't know that hospitals actually leased emergency equipment at a very extreme premium cost because they just couldn't locate at the time they needed it most a device or an instrument that should be just lying around. But that's the problem. It's lying around somewhere on, on hospital property, but at time of need, you can't locate it. Well, what we've done is we've uh, deployed uh, RTLS, real-time location services. Now, mind you, location does not mean GPS. This is indoor. It could be from the basement all the way up to the attic, first floor all the way to 17th, 18th floor. How we do this is that through gate, uh, a gateway that's just powered by a USB slot. Now, imagine this. A USB slot, you can plug in almost anywhere, right? A anywhere that there's uh, USB power. It acts as a Wi-Fi and Bluetooth radio. From those radios, the Wi-Fi connects to the cloud. The Bluetooth connects to the devices. It is these sensors that we call devices that we can attach in multiple form factors. How funny you're asking me. I love it. Here you go. Just so happened, I didn't plan this. Just so It's on my desk because we talk about it. These are the different instruments and sensors that we talk about. You attach this to either a laptop, a monitor, heart monitor, anywhere, a bed, a wheelchair. Guess what? Hospital now is managing inventory in real time. And how long do they last, the power? Three, three to five years per unit, and they're cheap enough to that's just- That's not going to ask me for it. Okay, so yeah. that's great. And the distance? Grant, the distance is 15 to 30 feet. Okay. Uh, and, um, from gateway to device. And that makes sense. And can you stream them, or do they go through- a platform first. Can you go directly stream them or do you have to run them through a platform or both? Yes and yes, it's both. <laughs> it actually streams into the cloud and it's the platform that lets the operators, right? Yeah. Whether you're first right. looking for something or you're the CFO doing inventory, guess what? You know where your live inventory and assets are at all times. So it's instant inventory of millions of dollars worth of goods. So it's, it's Apple AirTags on ultra steroids. You got it. You got it. That doesn't require smartphones. Yeah, except Apple AirTags aren't as intelligent as what he's doing. Um, it's not, no, no, not at all. But I, I love mean, you, Grant. You're right. No, no, I, I get what he's doing. And so um, now, like, I mean, a hospital is a great example. Um, manufacturing plants, of course, we're in the transportation business. You could easily do that as well. Um, do you have all types of sensors or are you the sensor provider or the IP software behind the sensors? I love it. The um, <laughs> We are both, but we're very specific. I don't want to just be the, the, hey, I've got all kinds of watches. Which one do you want? But um, no, in per industry specific and vertical specific, we choose to manufacture our own hardware sensors for a reason. And when, when and where we do that, it's in the medical field. We have a product called Iveda Care. Iveda Care is an elderly care uh, solution that is backed by AI uh, analysis to actually learn all the patterns of, of a, a, a patient without intrusion of privacy due to video. So if you can imagine sensing activity over time and alerting on anomalies that, that 
would be considered abnormal. Um, so we build those sensors, we package it. Um, Grant, if you recall back in the day, even now, if you go to amazon.com and type in smart home, and you get all these square boxes that give you sensors all over the place, right. like Radio Shack sensors. I love to say that. Um, well, it's those sensors, but guess what? It's the platform behind the scenes. It is how the cloud and AI trans translates these these alerts. You and I are not not no longer getting, hey, something moved. Hey, something opened. So what? Why did it move? Why did it open? What does it mean? We're the guys that tell you what it means. And the so stronger do- the analytics, I assume, yes. the stronger the, the response will be, particularly if you're running AI. Um, yes. Soon you're going to be able to predict when a guy falls down or when someone needs something into a room or an opera. You'll be predicting things. You are definitely leading this down the right path. You know, And you say fall down. It's actually a very big deal. I don't know if you guys both um, got whim of it, but about a month or two, three months ago, we uh, announced a, a partnership with Movement Interactive, an American company here. Movement Interactive, powered by Iveda's uh, platform and technology, together won a Valor Health uh, Veterans Affairs $1 billion contract for anti-fall or fall detection capabilities. For I believe it. Veterans, yes. Like I'm thinking, yeah. you know, think of the, I don't want to bring it up. You could even have sensors in the military, of course, but I, I'm going to go to, let's, let's do the soft side. Why wouldn't every single apartment and condo, senior living, particularly of plus 55, not have all these buildings outfitted because, and not, you know, I understand, obviously we do a lot of camera stuff and that. People don't want that inside the place. This makes much more sense. Um, it would seem to me that this would just be a given in a smart building. It should be. And, and you and I both know it's easy for us in the industry and, and in the arena to talk and, and just assume, wow, everybody should have this. And that's, that's true in every industry, right? No matter what product we sell. I, I just, I need help. And that's what a majority of our time is. And this is why I go, I, I travel, I visit, I meet. It's nonstop. It's education. I think the awareness is lacking right now, Grant, of its value. It's no longer technology. I think people, uh, you, me, all of us in, in the arena should now educate on the actual physical value because technology now is so simple and easy. Everybody wakes up to something new. Yeah, so it gets, it gets boring after a while. I mean, boring. Yep. Tell me what it can do. You know, I'm about, I'll tell you what Iveda's technology can do all day long. I, I don't want to talk the bits and bytes. I don't want to talk about No, good the for you. Good for you. You know, yeah, it's, it's fun really when you get, when you just get down to grassroots, you know? <laughs> I'm uh, especially interested in this because my father, who's 89, is currently in the hospital after he had a serious fall. Ah. Uh, he's, li- he's been living at home with my mom, okay. uh, who is uh, 87. Okay. So she, he's entering the situation, the stage of his life when he's going to have to be paneled and he's going to have to end up in a personal care home. So I'm obviously very concerned about my father's health and well-being and comfort. So this is the sort of thing that I'm hoping will be adopted quickly by more people because, well, for obvious reasons. Well, Alan, I'm thinking, why would it be part of Medicare? Why wouldn't you be able to go to OHIP in Canada and say, hey, my where we're applying for care and I need these things here. And by the way, um, 
I'm not trying to sell your company, David, but by the way, um, you're going to save money. You are going to help these people and save a lot of uh, medical insurance costs because you're getting real-time uh, care. You can monitor much less people to monitor more things. And again, Alan, I would want that. I'd want to say, I'm moving my father in here. And these are the things I need. Where do I get? Um, who, how are they covered? If not, I get they might not be Alan, but if it would be nice if they were covered, and maybe that will happen one day. All right, let's move out of healthcare. Yeah. Let's move into other applications: uh, smart buildings, smart communities, smart cities, smart homes. What do you do there? G- give us a, give us some um, real world applications of what you've done in those areas. Sure. Again, when you when people toss out. The, the term smart buildings, a lot of things come into play and it sounds really cool, but I bet a lot of our public and many of our day-to-day consumers have no idea what makes a building smart, maybe other than, hey, my curtains lower when the sun shines, my lights turn off when nobody's moving. That's just the tip of the iceberg. In, in, uh, that's called automation, not smart. So that's where I'd like to really help define what smart really means and what is required. What Aveda has done is we've come in and leveraged that existing infrastructure, guys. People already have these automation. Again, nothing new, right? I I keep on going back. I love using the term Radio Shack technology. I love Radio Shack. I grew up with it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I used to work for them when I was a kid, Grant. I I got some good history, man. Um, But... Iveda's technology, we are a software platform with with support in sensors, right? Where people talk IoT, Internet of Things. Well, there's a lot of things already out there in this world. How do you take these things, the the how it moves, how they what they measure, um, uh, what what they sense, and digitize it so that we, the operator or or practitioner, can make sense of it rather than going on site. And feeling, darn, this pipe is hot. Got That pressure is high. We got to turn it down. Smart buildings can detect, make those assumptions on behalf of the human, and take automated actions, Alan. And, and so, so um, at the same time, you said something interesting. You can go into present buildings. Um, so legacy buildings might not have the most best infrastructure. Um, so obviously, you have a lot of devices that can... Uh, we'll say stack in onto what they have and make them smarter without having to, you know, you know, to, to put in a whole new infrastructure, they're not going to do it. Um, New buildings. Yes, I get it. So that's a big one because you have a lot of buildings, you know, a lot of people are developing stuff for new. Well, Alan said something interesting and we all said smart buildings. Yes. The the new ones. Yes. They're building everything into the, the backbone. So there's a skeleton in the building. But not the old ones. I'd love to to play off of what you just said uh, on smart buildings. Grant, you're right. Legacy technologies, and just take an elevator, for instance. Elevator, escalator, and lighting mechanisms, chillers, coolers. What are they all powered by? Electricity. Electricity. Well, here's how Iveda comes in and makes them smart. I'll tell you exactly how we do things. We have these awesome devices that we call smart power meters, and then smart power circuit breakers, right? 
we go into your existing, you know, those metal panels that you open up and little tune, 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 right? You break. Yeah, we now have, we have IP based smart power technology that we put in parallel. Of course, uh, electrical guidelines and regulations we our contractors follow. What it does is this. It not just measures and meters the consumption of every single electrical RAN device and technology you have in your legacy building. It then applies thought behind that. Because it identifies it through the breakers. Yes. And then it takes action. It takes action when it's unnecessary to be on. Let's power it off. That basic intelligence through smart power management has already made your building operation more efficient, right? And existing cameras, Grant, you're a camera guy too. Existing cameras, we come in with Iveta AI, we take that existing video stream that's flowing into that DVR, NVR in the back room, our little server sits back there, and now I can identify whenever David Lee, Allen, and Grant enter the building, lock them doors, (laughs) turn on the sprinklers, yeah, it's good. I, I think that's really important um, about taking legacy because we all know it's getting tough times and with the building, commercial building boom kind of gone down the tubes right now, that's going to come back. Um, they're going to still want to do things, but they're not going to have the budgets. Now, in your budgets, uh, do you do you do it as a service? Do you sell the devices? Again, you're probably going to say both, but... Um, what is what are you seeing out there as how people want to 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 implement the technology from a budget standpoint? The uh, market today, people are very familiar with uh, hosted services. So we're it's it's a lot easier to have that conversation today than I did fifteen years ago to ask somebody to pay me ten bucks a month for something, right? Well, today we do do both. Is that the hard infrastructure, the devices, the sensors? And the servers that need to be in place grant is a capex, but it's a very light capex versus you know the the overhaul of existing infrastructure. So people are willing to invest in that. Once they invest in the the new tools and sensors, they're also now investing in full service platforms. Meaning, a uh, building manager now, facilities, operations, etc. It's they're getting fancy. They actually go sit in their office in the morning and can boot up that computer and log into the interface, the user interface, and what do they see? They have this dashboard that will give them, today, ev- everything is okay as of 4.30 a.m. These are the system checks and stats that came across. You have nothing to worry about. But pay attention, 50% chance of flooding in the lawn in the back due to da-da-da-da-da. Look at that. You have a report in real time of your entire building, facility, operation on your screen. And now you get to decide to take whatever action you need, design your game plan for the day of of work that you have, and of course, make and send reports as necessary. And And I guess service as well. We'll watch them come and do service. Of course, AI will call up that service soon and deploy it. (laughs) Alan, I'm surprised Alan hasn't do what he always does. How come can I put this in my house? <laughs> that was coming next. Now, and, I, and I'll tell you what. So I'm coming up on the 19th anniversary. Sunday, October the 1st, will be the 19th anniversary of me moving into this house. Ah. When, we, when we built it, I tried in 2004 
to make it as future-proof as possible. So there's Cat5 cable everywhere, um, you know, extra... That's a big deal then, Alan. Yeah, it was. So Cat5 cable everywhere, electrical outlets everywhere. Um, I did everything that I could that I knew about in 2004 to make the house as future-proof as possible when it comes to technology. Obviously, things have changed since then. And you couldn't have predicted it. I could not have predicted it. And I'll just give you an example. You talk about the phantom uh, power vampires, these things that are plugged in that are drawing a little bit of amperage, but not a lot, but over the long period of time, you know, chargers here, a plugged in toaster there, whatever, take up an awful lot of electricity. And, uh, you know, do you have something or do you foresee something from your company that would monitor my home's power consumption? the same way you do for a smart building? Oh my goodness. The answer is yes, because here's how that does it. For every circuit, the meter, the smart meter behind the scenes measures the flow and consistency of that flow of current. Where where there's a little glitch, where there's a little hiccup uh, in layman's terms of current, it's all recorded and logged. And through o- over time, we're going to find that it's because the old VCR is still plugged in. And at time, from time to time, it's those little LED lights, LCD lights that flicker. This is how smart our meters and detectors are. Yeah, Alan, but how I yeah. have a smart home. It's brand new. And I can't do that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's what I mean about smart, okay? You know, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, I thought I was really cool. I thought I was really cool getting 200 amp service when they were only going to give me 100. Well, you were. That was future. But you were. Alan. Well, yeah, well that, but that was future proof in 2004. I, I so now, go back now to hospitals, but I got a, a big question though. Um, the, one of the biggest things you have to be concerned about, particularly in a hospital environment, um, obviously would be security, data security. Um, you know, you're doing operations. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you get all that. So firewalls. And so, um, where is the levels of security uh, in a network like that in something where it needs it? You know, whether it be a building or a hospital, um, where do you ensure? Is it um, is it through the software? You have encrypted software that uh, you develop so it can't be hacked. How do you deal with uh, in a hospital situation where something goes down? And I know you're going to say you have a local controller, which is great. And um, how do you protect against cyber? attacks. Well, I mean, you can't protect hundred percent, but what do you do? Where is it measured? That's a, that's been a common topic uh, of discussion when every, everybody talks about data and, and AI and cloud. Um, but the, I believe the answer you hear from me is, is really nothing, nothing new grant, but uh, very relevant. Uh, here in the United States, we have HIPAA compliance that every technology HIPAA in yeah, the U.S. Okay. for medical health care, yeah, yeah. um, data privacy and, and security. And abiding by that, uh, you know, when I shared with you that we had that um, asset management solution using RTLS uh, wireless and everything, we actually deploy that through a, a global and national partner. They, they are a very big uh, Mexican telecom by the name of Claro Enterprise, owned by America Movil, uh, Carlos Slim. Um, frankly, the, the enterprise that they serve, the hospitals are a big um, uh, vertical. We, do, we come in and we do not touch 
first rule of thumb is we do not touch here in the States, the hospital's network, unless you want to go through a lot of certifications, due diligence. But how do we provide the service without touching that particular network of, of that private network? We deploy 5G, right? eSIMs uh, and routers throughout the hospital sure. to handle the cloud routing for the specific inventory solutions. And yes, uh, like any good company, the, the patented software and, and tech behind the scenes is encrypted. You're, you're a typical 256, et cetera. Um, so yeah, there's several layers. First, you, you don't want to even open up a port at the hospital. So that saves and maintains the protection and the integrity okay, of what makes sense. Has, right? And then in our world, first, you, you know, it's easier to go cat five hacking than it is. Uh, it is. The, the, it is. People wireless. don't know that. People don't know yeah. that. Anyone can yeah. hack into a hard wire. Anyone. Of course. Of course. So we, it's, it's just how we physically deploy and, and play uh, with our end users just to maintain the integrity of the security system that they already have. So gotcha. I think that in itself is, is how we do it. We're, we don't want to add any expense, Grant. You know we can come in with additional software overhead and bits, but it just weights everything down. Who are, your, who are your competitors? Who would you say? Is it Siemens? Is it Honeywell? Or is it uh, private little companies? Where do you, like, I'm, obviously we're in the smart building world and I have yes. 60 or 70, 70 new buildings we're doing right now. I'd love where to work you, with you. Where one do day. you fit in those? But where do you fit in those? Uh, I'm I'm flattered that you mentioned you know, the Siemens and Honeywell. Well, uh, I mean, heck. yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I do run into them in Egypt in the Middle East. Now, now that's another topic, but um, I I believe uh, taking it closer, more down to earth. Our competitors today, kind of funny, is people still see us as a camera company sometimes. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's just so. a brand you have to carry for a while. To yeah. yeah. But um, we do we do run across uh, even in particular verticals we run across like the vericadas of the world any video surveillance that are yeah, now claiming yeah. AI yeah. so anybody that has an AI in their name people think they're a competitor to Iveda gotcha. but frankly if you took the very specific vertical products and applications that just in a few minutes we had with each other. Um, the, it's very finite. So when you narrow it down comparing apples to apples, there's no other apple like Iveda for what we do today. And I can say that confidently. But if you talk video and AI, and we can talk six Everyone does. Kids in their basement can do it. Exactly. So, yeah. So you're based in Phoenix. How big is the company? The company is, uh, we're based here in Phoenix. We have an office here and an office in New Taipei City, Taiwan, uh, operational in engineering, development, and project management. Uh, Taiwan's a big operation for us. We have over, speaking of cameras, in our from legacy to now, over 65,000 cameras in just one city. That's a lot uh, of cameras. Have, yeah, smart poles. We do everything from By the, the way, stock exchange. Uh, they're public. Yes. Yes, we are. We're oh, NASDAQ public. I've done all my homework. <laughs> and I, I, so, you know, I had an office in Taipei for years. Awesome. It, yeah, it's, I, it's, that, I dealt it's with a, the KMT party. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I love Taiwan. I love Taipei. I'm so, I'm so glad you're familiar. But yes, we, we do a lot there. And, and we actually have a span over 15 years involved with Chumbo Telecom, CHT. Yeah. 
We're involved with a lot of government contracts in Taiwan, which puts us in schools. Um, I, I can't say there's one word, but government agencies uh, down to your road and traffic, yeah. uh, you know, anti-flood solution, traffic management. Uh, and again, all this comes back to sensors, guys. Sensors and being able to make sense of what the video sees today. And that brings it all back to IoT, AI, and smart cities, right? Leveraging existing infrastructure. So sensor-based surveillance and monitoring with a back-end dashboard. Analytics. That will, and analytics powered by AI. Yes, sir. You're ready. You're, You're equipped, Alan, to go sell it now. (laughs) (laughs) i want to come back to something i I really mean it it's cheap and affordable your father and mom you're not living with them you can send them an iveda ai kit and what that kit does and what the service will do for you is just send you one message maybe a day it's gonna say pretty cool alan dad woke up went to the restroom now he's watching netflix everything's cool alan that's all that's, you want that kit, buddy? I want the I, kit. I, I do. So I'm 1,200 miles away. My sister's 20 miles they're, away. They're in Winnipeg, Al? Uh, they're outside of Winnipeg. Yeah. It is. It is. It operates through a very, I mean, I'm, I'm going to plug it here. I mean, your sister and you are called the trusted family network. The AI is smart enough to bug you and your sister first. Yeah. And then if you guys don't respond and say, okay, thank you, then it's going to bug authorities to check on dad. Oh, he'll put know? it in. Alan's going to put yeah. it in. Um, yeah. You know, when you, when you look at this, though, so, um, like I'm obviously, if you look me up, I've been in smart cities my whole life. And, I have, sir. Yeah. But the, awesome. but the, um, the idea really is you've got to be agnostic one day and be the software because there are going to be so many sensors out there. You want to be agnostic because if you want to control the world, um, you want to be agnostic as possible. So I assume that in your your IP that has the ability to really convert other APIs very easily that you want to. There's some you want to even do. But I mean, uh, because in the future, it's going to all be about that dashboard. That's a wonderful point. And that is our technical business model. You mentioned Siemens and Honeywell. Uh, we'd be happy to work with them. Any yes, existing yes. physical tech they've got in play, the goal now is to make sense of what that. And they, data. And, you know, we will, we work with them quite a bit, and um, of course, they're much more influential in the United States than in, in Canada, yes. where the where the telecos have taken the lead in Canada, but they haven't in the U.S. So I mean, Bell and Rogers, they yeah. invest heavily in building infrastructure. They want to own it, mm-hmm. so they yeah. put in devices. For nothing, right? Wow, and they advertise yes. it over eight, 10 years. So yeah. there's a lot of great smart building partners here that interface with devices like, you know, systems like yours. But a lot of them don't ha- have to put in, they don't have to, but their struggle is the backbone's not there. If the skeleton yeah. of the building's not there. So I think your your company, and I'm not trying again to promote it, but I mean, when I see a good technology, I like to talk about it. Uh, it has a lot of uh, promise, I think, in those areas. Promise. I mean, you, you're not a startup. You've been around a long time, but I'm just saying, it doesn't matter how long you've been around. Today, it's what ten out technology you have today. You know? Yes, sir. And so yes. it doesn't matter. Yep. It's all about timing. 
It's all about timing and vision. You know, people have to embrace the fact that this is where we're going. And that's if you were in a home, a building, a community, a city, an institution, these are the things that are going to set you apart from your competition. You're right, Al. And other, um, you know, other, other possible. That's why David has to go on the road. I mean, you need to educate people and we're all in the same position. Education is the key. And uh, it's it's not easy. It's not easy, you guys, to to get out there. Um, You know, quite frankly, I found that, you know, you can raise a ton of money and try to educate people or you can find great partners. (laughs) Yes, sir. That's the beautiful model. Yeah. It's there's there, there's Grant's sales pitch. Okay. Yes. Well, I believe yes. it, Alan. Alan, you know, you know, I, know, I, I just I know. think that if you can get great partners, like you know, we're with Parsons, the biggest infrastructure company in the world. They're building the lines. Yes. yes. We're fortunate to sign a partnership agreement with them. The guys like that, you can go ahead and raise all the capital you want. But if you get someone to say, I like what you do, I'm with you, it saves a lot of hassle, Alan. You know, um, yeah, and that's um, exactly where everyone wants to be, and absolutely. Should be. absolutely. And I'm very fortunate to to have a, a growth trajectory here at Iveda based on those partnerships. Grant, you know, it's uh, it's you know, it's no one can say I'm going to go out there and try to knock on it. You can try to the end of life, and it's uh, no, and you need honestly, you need guys like I, you know, I'll say Alan talking yes. about it. Yes, you know, the guy who has listeners everywhere in the world, and and um, it spreads the word out. Yeah. And listen, uh, you have a, a package from my parents' house. Let me know. And I'm, I'm there. Alan, yeah, I, love send, uh, I love it. I love it. Send us I, an address think, where we can send Alan, you one. I love it. See, I mean. I'm doing it. Like, but, but isn't this why we do this show, Alan? Like once in a while, we talk about a lot of futuristic stuff, which by the way, as you know, I love. And when I do the yes. news mm-hmm. today, later, I'm going to talk about all this great future stuff that I know some may never happen. But that's why we do it, okay? But Alan, yes. once in a while, we find a product or service that we're going to try out. Right now. I, I, yes. I'm with you, Alan. I'm with you on this, okay? So, I okay. mean, um, I think that's a big deal when you do a show like this. And, and we've been doing this for a long time, Alan. And um, mm. it's great to see um, use cases rather than – I love future. No, no, I'm all for that. I get it. I want. I get travel to space and – I'm into all that stuff, but this is an actual use case that we can apply now. Yeah. Thank you, David. It's been very, very interesting, very enlightening. I, I I love where everything is going. And if I ever build another house, I'm coming to you and we are going to outfit this puppy with uh, the latest and greatest of Ada stuff. Please do. Please do. We got some cool stuff. Thank you, both of you. And that's it for episode number 61. Thanks to David Lee of Iveda for a fascinating discussion on the company's brand of smart tech. If you have any questions or comments, send them to feedback at thesmartcity.blog. And check out the website, thesmartcity.blog. The Smart City Podcast, brought to you by Locomobi World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless solutions. Executive producer is Grant Furling. Technical productions by Rob Johnston. Executive assistant, Andrea Crawford. I'm Alan Cross, and we'll see you next time.